Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James B. Friel. I am excited that you guys are here with us today. Truthfully, I have no idea what you're getting yourselves into by listening to this show. We had some pregame, as it were, before the show, and Dean didn't even know the last name of the person that we have on the show today, and it just kind of went off the rails from there. But I think we're actually going to have a blast. I'm excited that you guys are here. And if getting your content out into the world is at all important to you, then definitely you want to be listening to this episode. But before we dive in, you guys know that I do this show with the bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, the one and only man who rides into the studio on a white noble steed just to be here with you each and every episode, Mr. Dean Holland. Welcome to the studio. (laughs) Yes. How you doing, James? Let me just get down off this noble speed for one moment and approach the microphone. How are you, sir? <laughs> so you don't record while you're sitting on the steed? No, it's a... Uh, you ten- get off. Tends to uh, rub on the thighs a little bit because leather chaps are in fashion <laughs> today. Well, not to breach our confidentiality, but you told me that you like that. I kind of do. I kind of like the way it feels, the but that's probably another show. It probably is another show. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, it's great to be here with you, man. Yeah. I feel energized because we haven't recorded for a little while. It's good to be back. I know. There's like so much that we need to say, but I guess we can't just make this about you and I because we have an amazing guest just waiting. (laughs) Right. Well, we keep her waiting for 29 minutes (laughs) in the last minute of the show we bring her on. (laughs) How great would that be? All right. We won't do that. Welcome to the show. Ginny Saraswati. Great to have you here with us. James Dean is an absolute pleasure. I can't believe I said James Dean in that order because it kind of sounds like I'm talking to one person who's synonymous, but it's two individual people. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, you can just talk to me anyway because you're not going to get much sense out of James, so (laughs) kind of fine. These two became fast accent buddies. (laughs) <laughs> uh, before, while I had to reset my router. And so there's this whole like us versus them bullshit going on right now. <laughs> and I'm really going to have to claw my way back into this show, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> well, yeah. James, I think it's because the, the consensus Dean and I found was Dean and I speak the same UK English, or we were raised to speak the same kind of English where we spell words with a U, like color and favorite and honor. <laughs> and here, when I moved here, people were like, what is she talking about? She has bad grammar, bad spelling. I'm like, no, it's just a different English. <laughs> right. It's funny you bring that up, Ginny, because I won't plug this now, but we've just gone through the final edits of my book. And one of the big problems that kept coming up with my proofreader and editor was like <laughs> half of the book had US spelling and half of it right. had done in UK spelling. And they're like, you're going to have to choose a path. Which way do you want to go? <laughs> because I thought, why have you sent me this back with so many spelling mistakes? And they turned it all into like American English. Right, right. That makes perfect sense. It's, it's something I can totally relate to. <laughs> yeah. Here's my question for you, Jenny. What do you call the black and white striped animal that looks like a horse? A zebra or a zebra? A zebra. There it is. Zebra. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious how you said that. Okay. I mean, we could also talk about the thing that you left the show to fix. You said a, a router. I mean, I don't know what that is. I mean, I'd call it a router. Well, and I don't think I said a router. No, you said but, router. Uh, <laughs> all right. We got to get this show going. Right. So, so Ginny, Dean, actually, one of the things I thought was super funny is Ginny is a podcast expert and here she is slumming with us. Right. And so on some level, I'm like, well, we might as well use this time effectively and quiz her on how to make our own podcasts better. You know what? It's so bizarre. Like when this show was starting, I thought this is just going to be a a me and James show, finding out how to do what we do better. And (laughs) hopefully maybe the listeners pick something up as well. But sorry, guys, I don't care. This is about us right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Well, so here's the background though. Ginny, you've won awards as a journalist. You've interviewed many, many people, both famous and like Dean and I, not famous. (laughs) And you've, (laughs) <laughs> Unless you consider us famous, but I don't think that's the case. I think you're and famous. You got your, yeah. uh, we made it. We made it, Dean. Yes, we did. And, uh, but through the course of your career, you've really distilled how to create great content, how to make compelling, you know, kind of podcasts and other forms mm-hmm. of content that really engage audiences and stuff like that. And I really want to dig into what is your secret sauce behind doing that? Secret source behind creating great content. Oh, that's a loaded question there, James, but I love how you started with all like the juicy stuff. I think the secret to creating great content, you know, I've been thinking about these things as I coach clients and, and, you know, they ask me questions of what do I talk about my podcast on, but this is going to sound like a cliched answer, but it is absolutely tried and true and something that's rung true for me too. The secret to creating amazing content is drumroll, authenticity, like being purely authentic, having that natural rapport, which you and Dean have a great natural rapport and a great kind of conversation, great banter between the two of you. Authenticity, that's where every podcaster or content creator should start from. What is, what's a way or what's a vehicle where you can truly and authentically be yourself? And then over time, then you can kind of modify and tweak that according to, you know, what platform you're serving. So if it's audio you're serving, you know, you can work on your voice and how to project your voice and how not to project your voice. If it's video, certain presentation skills, but the core of it starts with being truly authentic because audio especially fellas it's such an intimate space you know it's you're literally in someone's ear right now like they're listening to you in their ears it's a very very intimate space and if you're not being authentic over time it's just going to reveal itself so that is my number one secret source i think for uh, creating amazing for whoever's listening i just want to go on the record and apologize that dean is in your ear <laughs> Like that, I'm sure that's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for me, and I can't even imagine for you. <laughs> well, now that we got that out of good for them as it does for me. <laughs> so, you know, I think this whole concept of authenticity is a lot of people talk about, you know, be authentic, authentic marketing, authentic messaging. Mm. And it's almost, you know, how when you say a word too many times, it almost doesn't even sound like a real word mm-hmm. anymore. I feel like that is sometimes the case with this concept of authenticity. Can you? Mm unpack that a little bit and maybe share a story of what that looks like and what it doesn't look like. Sure. When you mean when you share a word too much, it doesn't seem like a real word. What do you mean by that? Like, is it a certain repetitive word or what do you mean by that, James? I don't know. Maybe it's my own weirdness. But like, if I said <laughs> authenticity like 20 times in a row, right. eventually I'd be like, it just sounds like garbage. Right. Doesn't really sound like a real word anymore. Right. Right. No, I hear what you're saying. I'm sure you guys have heard of Mr. Gary Vee. 
he has very mixed uh, opinions, I guess, out there in media. I kind of appreciate one thing about Gary Vee is his authenticity. And I know that I've said that a few times as well, so that might sound like a blah word. But the example, I'm why I'm using him as an example is he swears an awful lot. Like every second, third word is an F word. But And for some people over time that may just be, you know, they might be just immune to that. But the thing about Gary Vee is he's so unapologetically himself and he's not censoring or changing himself to suit certain audience or for the goal or sole purpose of growing or getting more followers. Because if he didn't swear, he'd probably have three to four times the audience that he does because some people just find it gratuitous. So I think he's a great example of someone who firstly, one, is being truly authentic in the way that he's presenting things and he's figured out a way to create content in a way that you know, suits him and is able to add value to his audience. But the second thing he's done is recently he started a swear-free channel. So he hasn't changed himself, but he's modified the communication medium that he's using to build his platform to suit an audience who could get value from his content without the F-bombs and the other swear words that he uses. I hope that answers your question and, and gives you a solid example of what I mean by authenticity. What do you think, Dean? Do you think that answered the question? Yeah, I think it was suitable, definitely. <laughs> you gave us a suitable answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad no, no, that was really suitable. <laughs> I didn't know that about him. Not, not off on a tangent about him, but that's, I don't know, like just out of interest, pure tangent thing. Just on the thing of authenticity then, does that not, do you think, go against him? Like the fact that he is somebody that swears and, and all that kind of stuff, and now he's created a channel that removes all of that. Yeah, actually, I totally understand what you mean there, Dean, because that's my first initial response was, oh, you're changing yourself to suit a platform. Right. But technically, he's not changing himself. He's still swearing. It just gets beeped out and censored for a suitable audience. Oh. So it's kind of like I a see. censored. So he's, he's not changing himself and how he presents in a way, but how that part of him is edited or put out into that communication platform is changed to suit an audience. So people I can see. listen yeah. to him without the F-bomb. So, yeah, I think that's kind of what I mean by authenticity because he's he's not changing sure. who he is as a result to get more followers. Yeah, makes sense. So if I had to summarize that, you'd say that authenticity is sharing your message without censoring it for the audience that's going to hear it, but being true to the way that you want to communicate it and, and what you want to say. Is that reasonable? That is absolutely reasonable. I think just to add to that too, James, it's more so to the point of, obviously, when you're saying something, you know, you're conscious of whether it's going to offend someone and, you know, you have to keep in mind to be appropriate, like in terms of, you know, you don't want to offend anyone or do anything that's illegal or in what you're saying or anything like that. You don't want to say anything that will get you into trouble or get you sued or anything like that. But what I mean by authenticity is that, yes, it's got to be true to yourself and you're not trying to change yourself in the way that you uniquely communicate things to get more followers or to get more likes or to get more listeners. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. So let's turn the focus to with understanding that authenticity is the backbone of great content because it's being true to who you are and getting your message out there in a way that kind of true to yourself. How does that relate to you know what you're really diving into in podcasting, right? And why is that so important? And how do you do that effectively to create an epic podcast because there's a lot of podcasts out there. Some of them are unlistenable. Yeah. And some of them are really awesome to listen to. And so we want, I think, Dean, if it's fair to say, I think we want the tips. Wouldn't you agree with that? <laughs> yes, we do. It's that time. <laughs> I think absolutely. So here are some tips for you when it comes to creating a podcast. 
obviously you want to make sure you put out content out there that is listenable. And like you said, there are some podcasts out there that are not listenable purely for the fact that they're inaudible, like they have you know, sounds in the background is very hard to consume that content. Mm. But I think the number one rule that I say to my clientele, especially is quality of content goes over quality of audio. Now I say that some podcast producers kind of turn their nose up at me. And why I say that is it's that it's kind of that thesis of you're trying to buy the equipment before you, you know, it's like you're trying to buy Serena Williams's tennis racket before you learn how to play tennis, right? You've got to learn how to play tennis first. You've got to learn how to hit the ball around the court. You've got to practice your forehand, your backhand, and, you know, buying Serena Williams's racket may or may not enhance your skills, but it's just a tool to exercise the habits or the practice that you've done to be the best tennis player that you can. Same rule applies for podcasting, you know, quality of content. You know, if you're worried about buying a microphone, if you're worried about a certain sound system that you have, if that is stopping you from creating your priority should be focusing on the quality of the content. Everything else will follow from there. So that's the first tip I give the clientele. I can give more tips, but I don't know if you had some feedback on that tip for me. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess like what you're just, just to jump in, because I, I almost actually at the start, I, I thought, oh my gosh, I, I really disagree with that. You're not saying the the quality of the sound as in, you're not saying, oh, if somebody has great content, but they're stood next to a highway with traffic and you can barely hear them. You're not saying like, that's fine. What you're saying is like, you don't need to have the most expensive sound equipment that produces the crispest, clearest sound. What you're saying is, and and correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying like having equipment to do the job that's good enough just to get you started is good enough to get you started. Is that what you're meaning? Absolutely, Dean. So what I'm trying to say is not having the right equipment should not stop you from starting a podcast. Yes, absolutely. You know, think about your, your conditions. Like some people have a smartphone and they're like, I can't afford to buy a mic. I said, listen, record on your phone you know, find a quiet place yeah, in your right. place, record on your phone, but don't let not having the best equipment in the world yeah. stop you from starting a podcast. There's possibilities out there. And obviously, you know, budget does play a part when it comes to buying equipment and stuff, but I don't think it should be a hindrance or a blockage to starting a podcast from there. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I listen to, there's one or two podcasts I listen to that I know because they talk about it. They are recorded on their phone. And like, yeah. I, I listen to them every doesn't put me off in all honesty like i'm sure you can tell the difference between high grade professional equipment but it, it's certainly not to the point where you don't want to listen yeah at all yeah it's interesting too because i have clients who are former music producers so they can tell the difference between an xlr microphone and a usb microphone and as you listen to podcasts you can kind of get the idea that the XLR microphone, there's a kind of like a warmer sound to them. But the average podcast listener, they're not going to be able to tell the difference between, they'll be like, oh, this is a decent quality, this is decent quality sound, but they're not going to be like, oh, that's a USB microphone. I can tell that. And I think also that's what people think. I think people who want to start a podcast, like I don't want my listeners to know I'm recording on my phone. It's like, it's okay. Like, don't let that fear stop you from starting. Definitely. Yeah. I guess that's big tip number one is drop the excuses and get the job done. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I said, quality yeah. of audio, sorry, quality of content should take precedent over quality of audio. Yeah. Those yeah. Really yes. Or if you're Dean and I, you're just like, hey, we're going to do a podcast and then have zero idea how to start it <laughs> and just get going. But you know what, boys, yeah. you started, you started and that's the most important thing. Just start. Yeah. And we're uh, what? 120 episodes deep at this there stage. You go. There you go. Which is pretty cool. So, all right. So that's tip number one. Okay. So now we've got that kind of what I call mechanics out of the way, right? Yep. Right. What about producing a great show? What are your thoughts and tips on that? 
I think the first thing you need to start with with producing a great show is to be realistic about the show schedule that you can commit to. And I know that probably doesn't sound like a direct production tip, but that is such an important tip that I say to clientele because if you promise your audience you're going to get an episode weekly, over time you're going to find that, you know, they're going to start incorporating you into their day. That's the beauty of audio mm-hmm. too because it's very easily adaptable into people's schedules because it's the only communication right. platform that allows you to multitask, right? You can't watch a video and ride a bike, although some people do that. You can't watch a video and drive a car. Uh, again, although some people do that, it's not advisable. But audio, you can actually listen to and do something else. And that's why, you know, audio and podcasting to a point is so powerful. So I think what yeah. I'm tr- so if you're starting a podcast, be absolutely realistic about the schedule that you can commit to, the release schedule. If you can only start with one a month or two a month, start there. And then over time, as you find your groove and your, you know, recording patterns, you know, Dean, you and I were talking about how you usually had like one recording day, whatever works for you and your schedule, just be realistic about that. Because I find a lot of people think, oh, I have to do a weekly podcast and they can't keep up with it because that's what they've promised to deliver and they fail to do it. And I think what some people don't realize is each time that you miss that Monday that you're supposed to release on you, you miss that time slot, you're going to lose your audience's trust over time because they're going to find you to be unreliable. And that's a very important thing to think about, especially for people who are creating podcasts for businesses. Your CEO may be the greatest visionary on earth. They may be the greatest person to speak on the podcast, but also don't throw your CEO or someone who's time poor or has a very inflexible schedule into a daily podcast. You're going to set them Mm -hmm. up for failure. So, There are certain things you need to think about too, especially if you're in a business too. Think about who is the best person to host the podcast, but also equally be as vigilant and strict about time they're going to commit to recording that podcast too. So that's a very key tip in terms of production. The scheduling part of it, the organization part of it is so important. Well, I just to chime in on that, I love what you've just said there because it wouldn't have been something that I'd have actually consciously thought of. But as you were just saying that, I realized that some of the people's podcasts that I've been listening to, because I said to you, Jim, didn't it, before the show, yeah. I only just started listening to podcasts <laughs> as a listener myself, not long ago, literally within months. But you know, one of, one of the things that you've just brought to light in my mind is when I've started listening to a podcast and I, I you know, I use uh, Stitcher and I'll add it to like my favorites so that I can always refer to it quickly to listen <laughs> to the latest episode. If I've got in the pattern of listening to someone, let's say twice a week, if a week comes along and they haven't released a podcast, it's actually, as you've just brought that up, it's actually brought a potential negative opinion or feeling towards that person. Even it's very strange, actually, because the content's free. They don't owe me anything. I'm exactly. not paying for to listen to it. Yeah. But if it does leave that impression, like you've just said, that, oh, this person's not delivered. Even though they, there wasn't a promise of delivery, <laughs> I was used to that format. I was used to the frequency. Yeah. And, and I suppose like you've just said, if that podcast is of, let's say, business advice or something, you know, if I'm listening to a marketing consultant as such, and that person stops delivering on what I thought was their deliverables for their podcast, I suppose it could indirectly, do you agree or disagree, that it could impact my possibility of doing business with that person because I might think, well, they're not really reliable. Yeah. Well, I actually, some of my clientele, and this is kind of part of our job to keep them accountable for releasing podcasts. And if they don't, we kind of explain this reason. And generally 95% of the time, you know, the podcast is out when they say it will be. However, 
it's it's also just what you just said there, um, Dean, about the fact that you are promising or releasing a schedule. There is no contractual agreement between you and your listener. But because, as I said before, audio is such a powerful and intimate medium, the fact that you can form that kind of strong bond or attachment to your listener, which obviously, you know, you, you put into context for yourself, if you didn't get certain podcasts at a certain time, you'd feel like, hey, guys, what's going on? Like, I'm not getting it. That mistrust starts to right. form. And especially for podcasters who are creating a podcast to build their brand or business or business or brand awareness, it can be a hindrance when it comes to, you know, future business for them because you want to make sure that mm. when you're going into business with someone that they promise at the very least, they promise to deliver what you agree to. And I think it's such an important part of content creation as well. Like the promise that you make to your listener is what you pretty much, it's like that, that quote, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And unfortunately, yeah. humans are very kind of, I don't want to say we're fickle, we can be, but humans kind of, we're very quick to mistrust and we're very quick to judge sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. For example, if Dean did not ride into the studio on his white noble steed, <laughs> I would feel concerned about this. this exactly. Show. Yeah, I'd, I'd be, be like, what that myself if I'm honest. You know, I'd just, <laughs> just outright disappointed. So, <laughs> yeah, like if it was in the stable recovering or something like that, and I was like, you know what, maybe the show's not going to work out today. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, I'd love something. Just to, I don't know if you've got another question, James. Let me jump in with this one if you don't mind. Like. So in this subject, this topic then of people sticking to a schedule or frequency and committing to that, is there any particular strategies or tactics that you can share, Ginny, that might help someone? Let's say somebody wants to do a podcast, they appreciate how valuable it can be, but they really don't have a huge amount of time. Yeah. How can that person find a way to, to still do this? Right. So I think the first thing, when you go into doing a podcast, you got to think about why you're doing the podcast. Now, over the last year and a half, I found with people, clientele, and what I've been hearing out there in on the podcast apps, you can tell the intention of the podcast is different for each one you listen to. Now, for some people, they use podcasting to build like brand awareness for them or to, you know, make themselves a pioneer in that particular industry. Some people make it for entertainment. Some people make it for, you know, relationship building. There's so many reasons why people go into podcasts. So firstly, start with your why. If you want to create a podcast for relationship building, meaning that your podcast is going to be a platform that's going to help you leverage interviews or conversations with people, well, then you know that you may not necessarily be concerned about download numbers because that's not really what you're going for, if that makes sense. I'm speaking very blanketly here. So, you know, just bear with me as I, as I get to the point. So, you know, in that retrospect, someone who wants to use a podcast as a relationship building vehicle to, you know, garner a decent amount of audience numbers to get people on to, you know, leverage themselves as a brand expert, you know that, you know, they're not going to be looking at their download reports in a way that's so concerning as someone who wants to get advertising revenue or someone who wants to get influencer agreements or something like that. So that's the first thing right. I think you should start with. Like, why are you doing this podcast? And people kind of lose their way with this sometimes, I think, if they don't start with the why, because they do a podcast with right. no intention. And then, you know, they, they get 400 downloads in a month and they feel disheartened. It's like, well, why did you start this? Who have you spoken to over the last four weeks? Like, I've spoken to amazing people. It's like, well, perhaps we should reshift 
on why you're doing this podcast. So that's the first thing I would start right. with. And also that does also play a part in frequency because if you can do like a lot of the top podcasters that I know, well, Gary Vee does a daily one. You think of Lewis Howes, he does three a week. I believe John Lee Dumas does three a week as well. They're the three that come to mind, top of mind at the moment. The frequency does play a part in building that consistency with your audience and also does play a part in your download numbers as well because the algorithms play a part too in, in all the apps. But in situations like that too, like start with your why and be realistic about, you know, if you want to make this a full-time thing, then there is going to be a time commitment that is needed, a time investment at the start. So I think I went on a bit of a tangent there, Dean, but I think what I'm trying to say is, yeah, start with your why, why are you doing the podcast and then adapt your frequency to that as well. Yeah, makes perfect sense. That's awesome. James, I don't know if I, I didn't know if he was going to ask something. I cut you off. Well, I don't know if I'm actually allowed to talk on the show because I don't have an accent. <laughs> yeah, like you know what? So just keep it. going. Go for it. Well, if you could talk slower, though, so we could understand you because you just talk weird. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, and I think that's really interesting that you say that, Jenny, because when Dean and I started, we really started because we wanted to do something that we thought was fun. Right. And throughout the course of it, we've gotten just all these amazing people on the show and built these relationships and stuff like that. And so I think that's been our primary emphasis. And more recently, we've started, <laughs> I don't, maybe this, I shouldn't say this on the show, but we've started taking the idea of promoting it more seriously, right? Because <laughs> right? the first we didn't even think about, it. we're like, hey, we want to have a good time. We want to create something that we think is fun, that might be fun for other people to listen to and and participate in. And we've gotten you know a lot of positive reactions. It's, Mostly from Dean's mom, but there have been a couple other people who really like the show. Hi, mom. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Dean's mom. And now, you know, we're really talking about, well, how do we promote the show? And so I think that's something else that I'd love for you to touch on because I think that's a creating the show is one thing, but getting it out there and promoting it and really like starting to create some gravity yeah. behind the show is an entirely different thing. That's a great question. That's a great question, James. It's a question I get a lot too, about how do I promote my podcast? Podcasts are a little bit, people find challenges with promoting their podcast because it's an audio medium. It's not like a video. Some people do record their podcasts in video as well, but generally most podcasters that I speak to just do audio. So people are like, how do I promote the show? It's just an audio link. So there's a few ways that you can do this. First way is when you are recording a podcast, record it in video. That's the first way you can do it. And I'll get to why when I explain my next point. Second thing is to repurpose your podcast content into little snackables for social media or the platform that you're putting that content on. Now, the reason why I say this is when you think about the time investment that you're putting in. So right now, Dean and James, you're putting in this time investment to talk to me. You know, I'm not aware of your post-production process, but obviously there's editing that needs to be done. Then there's probably show notes and then this podcast needs to go out to all the apps. So there's that time investment there. Repurposing content is a way to essentially 10X your content with little to no further investment of your time. So this podcast, for example, you could get this entire podcast transcribed and then whatever quotes that I say, or maybe Dean or James that you say, whatever key quotes that will be valuable to your audience. So you may have members of your audience who are interested in starting a podcast. So what I've said on, you know, what's the key thing to starting a podcast or content creation, you could transcribe that quote, put it up on Instagram as an audiogram where, you know, the words pop up as I talk. You could put this up on LinkedIn when I talked about the business audiences. Why is it important, you know, to really be serious about your host selection when it comes to a business podcast? That could be another piece of content you can create. That starts with transcription. Transcribe this interview, 
pick select quotes which will be valuable to certain platforms like Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatnot, and repurpose those quotes out there in a particular content that will be valuable to that platform. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. I have writer's cramp from taking so many notes right now. <laughs> it's just a really simple way to do it because you don't have to invest any more time because the content's done and recorded. After transcribing it, you guys can pass it on to an editor or you can pass it on to a graphic designer to create that content around it. And that way, you know, people on LinkedIn, they're looking for business advice or business opportunities. So business quotes are going to go really well on LinkedIn. Business quotes, time management quotes, productivity quotes, they're going to go really well on LinkedIn. Instagram, you can put like stories, videos, you know, quote cards, like key quotes from the podcast that you have. It's a great way of promoting your brand. You know, people may not directly come to your podcast after seeing that quote, but people will know, okay, James and Dean, just the tips. If I need good tips, I can always go follow them. And eventually they'll start getting introduced to your other products or other pieces of content that you create. Well, and I think, I don't know about you, Dean, but I think for me, being so immersed in direct response marketing is this whole thing was just completely different. It's like, well, what, you know, we're putting posts out there and we're like, well, what's the call to action? Like, what are we trying to sell? Like all those things. And it's just like a a totally different world. So I think the idea of just taking some of these content pieces and promoting them makes a ton of sense, even though it's not like necessarily like a direct call to action type thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think this is still stuff that we're figuring out, isn't it? This show basis, like it is kind of funny, actually, because just to tell you what James said there, Ginny, that really was the way this show began. Like James called me, he's like, we should do a podcast. I said, okay. I'd never even listened to a podcast. I didn't even really know what one was. I just thought, okay, let's do that. We didn't put any thought into it for probably the first whole year. Like I'd say we did over 50 shows before we even said, what are we going to do with this? <laughs> and we were just having fun. We said, hey, we know lots of cool people that know lots of cool stuff and we want to have a good time. Let's get them on the show and let's have a really cool conversation, see what happens. Right. Yeah. So now we are in this situation where it's like, okay, we're two years in. We love doing this, but how can we make more of it now? Like, how can we reach more people with it? How do we get it out there? And so, yeah, I, I love what you've said. And it makes complete sense because we've already created the content, haven't we? So you're just talking about really yeah, sort of re- it and distributing it in multiple channels to now bring more more eyeballs or more ears as the the case. Absolutely. Be. Even we were thinking about this with Ginny Media. Like we want on our website, and I suggest you guys do this too. Like on your website, if you have like a search engine built into the website where people because you guys are called just the tips, right? Where you give people tips, value bombs on certain industries or certain tips on whatever their profession may be. If people want tips on say snorkeling, if I write snorkeling into your website, tips on snorkeling, then all the podcast content or all the content you've created around snorkeling tips should come up there. Like things like that will make you guys the go-to people on certain tips and certain guests that you have. Because, you know, clearly you have access to amazing guests. Like I saw your guest lineup and I just telling Dean before uh, we started recording, like I listened to your crash course on content creation with Aaron Aegeus. And, you know, you've had other pioneers on the show as well who are creating like, you know, explaining explainer videos. That's such a clever title. But also, you know, I would never know where to look for explainer videos. But if I came to just the tips typed in explainer video, you know, the episode 109 with Colin Hogan would come up. And and this is why transcription is powerful too. Any kind of quotes or tips he has on, you know, how to do an explainer video would come up straight away in that way. So things like that, you're kind of 
I guess you're trying to elicit a behavior in your audience to kind of come to you, whether just go to Google straight away or go to, you know, some other person straight away. If they come straight to you, they know they can get those value bombs right there and it's housed right there. And it's, I know for probably for James too, it's kind of a foreign experience, not having a direct response or direct call to action, but the brand building and brand awareness takes time and you're going to nurture that relationship just by putting out content that's so valuable with your customer. And the sacrifice that I'm willing to make is that I spend time with Dean, <laughs> right? Like that's it's a huge sacrifice to make. It's a huge sacrifice. It is. Yeah. You say that, but I also have a sacrifice because people aren't coming to listen to the show because you're such an ass. <laughs> no, it's true. It's like we've got the worst of both worlds, and it's very difficult for us to keep going. But we do. We press on because of the fans, especially Dean's mom. <laughs> hey, mom. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I think that's super helpful and kind of covers the gamut from people who are interested in starting a podcast to making sure the whole concept of committing to the schedule, yeah. Yeah. I think is something that once you talk about it, it's so obvious. Right. But before that, you're kind of like, oh, we'll just, you know, record or whatever. And I think we've been pretty consistent with, you know, dropping a show once a week. Yeah. And I think in some way that was intentional because that really was like, hey, we're having a good time but this is about the only amount that we can commit to, right? Yeah. For us to come out of the gate and say, hey, we're going to do a daily show, we we would have probably recorded for what, like maybe six days and then it would have been over. Oh, yeah. We definitely wouldn't like each other anymore. No. <laughs> and it's already tension and strain and everything like that. So we're lucky it's only once a week. But I think that's such a good point. And then the whole idea of repurposing everything, putting in the right channels and all that other place, all those things just makes a world of sense. So, Dean, I feel like we've gotten uh, kind of a free podcast coaching session. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Anyone would think that this was more about everyone else, but totally not the case today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So Ginny, let's talk a little bit about what you're up to. How are you helping people and, and how can people find you and you know potentially engage with you? Sure. So pretty much what I'm up to lately is I'm producing podcasts through my company, Ginny Media. We uh, do production support, we do strategic support, and we also do coaching for podcasting clientele. We primarily work with entrepreneurs and Fortune 500 companies, but we literally will work with anyone as long as you're willing to work with us, obviously. Where you can find us is at GinnyMedia.com. We've got a ton of free resources there, which I would encourage your audience to go to if they are interested in starting a podcast. There's a free course there on how to start a podcast. You can literally take that course for 20 minutes and then walk away knowing everything that you need to know to start a podcast. Comes with a free ebook and course book that's yours for life. You can walk away with it, start a podcast. There's resources again on what we just discussed, how to repurpose your podcast content. There's ebooks there as well. There's a course for how to start your podcast for your brand and business. So we like to think of ourselves as a one-stop shop for podcasting, any kind of podcast you want to create, whether it be true crime, documentary, you know, brand building, we're there for you. So that's what I'm up to at the moment, guys. Yeah, that's awesome. Dean, that probably would have saved us from a lot of trial and error. (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking, oh, now you tell us, Ginny. Where were you two years ago? (laughs) I know. That's what I'm wondering. How how thoughtless. I can't believe it. You didn't even let us know about yourself. You should have looked ahead and predicted, oh, this is going to be one of the greatest podcasts in the world. I should jump in and help those guys. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I, I was listening to you before. I'm like, damn, these guys would have been great to work with. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll send you a t-shirt, even though even though you weren't there for us at the beginning. Oh, thank yeah. you. We'll still send you a t-shirt. Thank you. I love t-shirts. You're welcome. Yeah. You might not love this one. It has both of our faces on the sleeve. So you might, <laughs> you know, just use it as like a, a rag to wax your car or something like that. But nonetheless, <laughs> we'll send it to you. <laughs> I'd love that. 
Well, that's awesome. So for those of you guys who are interested in creating a podcast, and I, I will be completely honest, doing this show has been one of the most enjoyable things that yeah. I've done over the last couple of years. Like it's been tremendous fun. It's been an opportunity to just step out of the day to day of like running my companies and like all those things. Mm. It's created all this amazing relationships. Like I've met people that I probably would have never met before. And we've learned, you know, just so many amazing things from people. So yeah. if you're interested in starting a podcast, definitely check out what Ginny's got going on at ginnymedia.com because I could tell you from both Dean and I's perspective, there's a lot of trial and error. And yeah. if you got somebody who can really show you the way, it makes it a whole lot easier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've, we're still trial and erroring now. So I definitely wish we'd have had something like what you've got there, Ginny, at the start. But <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. It's been awesome getting to know you anyway. Thank you. Awesome getting to know you boys too. So thanks so much for having me on the show. I, I've really loved and had a great time meeting my new best friends. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> well, great to be included in that group. Thank you guys for listening today. We will talk with you guys next time. Make sure you go to JennyMedia.com. Check out what Jenny's up to. This is James B. Freel signing off with my British co-host, Mr. Dean Holland. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit JustTheTipsShow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit DeanHolland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.